Welcome back, everybody, to Now That's What I Call Podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Will. And we are continuing on our MF Doom journey uh, past Mad Villain and now into continuing on through his really kind of crazy run through 2003 and 2004. Uh, Will, how are you doing today? I am pretty good, Paul. Just You, you know, just had a nap? Just had a nap. Everything's are you refreshed, ready to go? Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Um, Will, uh, what have you been listening to this week? <laughs> I guess I should have just <laughs> kept going with that. <laughs> um, I have had two things that I've been okay. bopping around. My The one that's been interesting is um, Vinyl Me Please, which is yes. a subscription-based um, kind of record What would you call them? That... They're, yeah, they're not a label, but they do their own... Yeah, they do a they lot do of like pressings. represses um, and I think they like I think the term used to be like I think record club was like the term for it yeah. back in the day but and it existed more readily than it it's does nice now. To, I think we're I think we're kind of past the craze of like everything has an X of the month club at least like I feel like I'm bombarded on podcasts. Like nerd fewer, box like, and fucking all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fewer, I feel like I'm bombarded with fewer requests to just ship me things. Uh, My favorite one boxes. was like, there was this one that was like a, what was it called? It was like the man box or something like that. Yeah. It was like, oh, it was just it was like, like the <laughs> most Sigma male bullshit. It's like, we'll send you like a knife and like an empty whiskey bottle. And then, yeah. and then it's just like some hipster. We'll send you like, like, look we'll at the Damascus steel on this knife. Like, what the fuck is going to use this bullshit? This is fucking so stupid. We'll send you Marcus Aurelius's meditation. And <laughs> it like genuinely razor. is there. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is so stupid. And then, yeah, it's just all these like influences who's just like their beard is their like entire personality being like, yeah. I love the whiskey in this. I was like, get fucked. Anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, send you, we, we will pay your dad $50 to tell you he's proud of you and said you were recording. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of is what a lot of the vibes <laughs> are. Um, so Vinyl Me Please is a, is a version of that kind it's of a better. It's a better um, thing do, than that. It's a better thing than that. They do monthly record clubs um, uh, pressings, and they have four different like skews, I guess you would call them, or tracks you can go in, which is like yeah. essential classic hip hop and country now. And actually, they just um, announced that they're opening their own like new pressing plant to do. Um, Ooh, very uh, cool! Like audiophile vinyl, which is really cool because like they are, yeah. I mean, new records is amazing. And um, uh, anyway, you can we, we get some dope shit out of that. We could get some dope shit out of that. I'm very excited for it. Um, uh, and they're, they also do these things called anthologies, which are basically just like box sets. And they kind of like have gone by the story of this, the story of that. And that's kind of their style so far. I think they've done like 11 or 12 of them. Um, and they're really nice, high quality. So they just repressed one called The Story of Zamrock, um, okay. which was pretty expensive. And so I picked it up. And it's really cool. It's like... I watched like a little documentary on it and they, it comes with, um, they do like some podcasts for all their anthologies and the story is really interesting. It's, it's, it's like Zambia in the mid seventies had this kind of like separation from, you know, colonialization, the British empire. And the, um, I think the president of Zambia was like, okay, as a new rule, like more than 80% of the music on Zambian radio must come from Zambia. So like, let's, fucking do this like let's like make a cultural identity out of music and it spawned this this scene that eventually was coined termed zamrock which is like this mix of um like garage psych acid funk and african like rhythm stuff and it's really um cool, Very and, cool. and weird and so um the so uh finally please had this the story of zamrock 
box set that has eight LPs on it, and it kind of covers like a range of pretty well-known Zamrock artists. And it, 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 it is really, you know, neat. It's not like, it's not, I can't say it's my favorite music ever. Like, it's a little more like garage rock, and there's like a little bit of kind of like, um, almost like R&B kind of funk stuff to it. But, you know, like last um, year, we talked about, what was the name of the... Um, New Mokhtar. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and kind of a uh, African like guitar rock blues desert like psych yeah. stuff like that. And Tuareg this is kind, kind of, of like desert psych. Yeah, and this is kind rock. of like a a bit of a precursor to that with like less of the kind of like deserty blues stuff and more of like the garagey kind of like R and B kind of style to it. But um, okay. it's really cool. I, I'm just happy that I've checked it out. So like, if you want it. If anybody's interested in it, um, pick it up now because it is a repress that has is limited to a thousand copies. And when the original pressing was out of print, they were going for like five or six hundred bucks. So it's did you it's did you pick one up? Yeah, I got a repress because um, uh, if you're a member, you get like a little bit of a discount and you can order nice. the uh, represses and stuff. So yeah, and sounds I've been, like I've a good thing to, to have. Last week, it's cool. It's not like I don't know if it's my favorite music ever, but it's one of those things where it's like the story of it and the and the music and what it is kind of comes together in this like microcosm that's very appealing to me of like yep. of like you know interesting weird uh, history behind something and then like a little micro scene that you can kind of absorb. Um, so I've really enjoyed we that. We love and a micro other, scene. I love a micro scene. And then the other thing that has been um, kind of I'm very excited about is Horse Girl, this band that I. Uh, like that is signed to Matador, who put out you know Pavement and all the all, all the good uh, all the good good garage rock, yeah kind of slacker garage stuff yep. from the nineties. Um, there, it's a group of three uh, ladies who just came out with their debut album um, that is called Versions of Modern Performance. I think it is called. Will Patinsky um, on a debut album for a band people might a band actually listen to. Yeah. Ladies, this um, I, I, I don't believe any of this. One, women. I don't believe any of it either. Two, so it's people called... <laughs> might listen to it. <laughs> Versions of modern performance. Uh, lo-fi slack band, slack of rock, kind of indie noise pop thing from Chicago. Um, and I really, it's it's f- frustrating, but very promising. It's like something where I, because the thing about it is that like half of the album was released early as singles. Like there were a lot of singles coming up to it. And the singles are so fucking good like okay. i absolutely love them they are there's there's one that i i think is like an all-time banger that's a dirtbag transformation uh there, there's a couple like singles from it that are that i think are so great and they have like that kind of like to me just exactly what i want to be hearing and i read an interview with them where they're like yeah all of our heroes like are the 90s you know slacker rock people that like don't exist anymore and we don't really feel that music's getting made so like we wanted to make it i'm like fuck yes like that's amazing but the thing about it is that like <laughs> It's kind of once you've heard the singles, you kind of heard most of the album because the rest of the songs uh, are like are like they're just not, kind of like they're just kind of like noise breaks. There's a lot of like kind of like floaty like non just not really written songs like and so it feels like it's a it's an album that is like six really good tracks and then a couple just kind of like throwaways because they needed to put together a record. But I think it's extremely promising for a debut. And there, it's like, there, it's really there are some exciting. LPs that should be EPs. Yes, and and yeah. I was you know into this. I was listening to this EP from them before that was the four singles, um, and I fucking I absolutely love it. And I think that the LP is still good. I think it still is 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 has some really good highlights in it. There's just too much filler, um, but I'm excited to see where they go. And I really want to you know pay attention. They're actually touring. They're opening for Pavement, um, in for Pavement's um current uh, reunion tour, which is like a perfect fit. And I hope it exposes them to 
a bigger audience and also kind of gets them, you know, out and touring and playing and jamming and, and maybe like writing song stuff. So like, I'm hoping that, that maybe the, the song writing itself will, will strengthen in the next um, album. But for me personally, it's like really cool to see this kind of music being done and also by like, you know, younger girls that are in that scene. It's just an awesome thing to have them kind of taking up that mantle. So uh, yeah, love I that am, slacker uh, shit. horse girl. I love that slacker shit. Horse girl versions of modern performance. Uh, check it out if you're at all into that. And I'm looking at your YouTube search history. All right. I got allergies now that I moved to North Carolina, but I got some of that. Local. Uh-oh. Got some of that local honey to help me out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I am studying for the bar. So, I have needed stuff I can kind of put on in the background. And that has led me down kind of a YouTube rabbit hole of this guy, Masayoshi Takanaka, who, in terms of vibes, I can only describe him as the Japanese Jimmy Buffett. And, Will, I am showing you right now. Uh, the what, surfboard guitar. <laughs> yeah, I am showing you. What, 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 are you. what are you seeing right now? I'm seeing a, a YouTube video of a man with an entire surfboard that has a guitar neck hollowed into it i don't know how you would really explain it <laughs> i kind of like seeing it like i i have no idea why i've never seen that done before but yes in in something where jimmy buffett could only uh look in in awe and envy this man just has an entire surfboard that has like one third hollowed out for room for the neck of a guitar yeah it's, it's, it's looking pretty fly it's pretty fly and this it's kind of a Japanese jazz guitarist who does a lot of um, Latin American and kind of samba beats. For this, just this like I've I've described Krongbin before as like elevator music for heaven, and I think this is a very similar kind of like it's definitely yeah. kind of backgroundy music. Um, and Will, I know you're familiar you were with with him. I've listened to him before. Yeah, I, I know you. I know you were telling me you want kind of a jazzy guitar cover of the Star Trek soundtrack, but you also want some kind of samba dance hall whistles going on in the background, right? Yeah, you I'm telling always me saying that. that. I'm that's I'm always in, in in that's like my pickup line in bars. didn't know i wanted it but it's it's just kind of the the, the one more thing genre of preposterousness that i really like, <laughs> that like okay already like uh mr takanaka let's, let's get some room on your album for um this this kind of like up-tempo star wars john williams cover that i'm sure they did not license but let's throw some real like dance hall whistling and like yeah 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 in the it's, background it's called star wars um, samba that's Star Wars Samba, that's what it's called. So I, yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm sort of familiar with him just through like the city pop kind of thing. Because what yes, was the, he um, is what's very... the like, real famous um, song that the with the lady sings that was like blew up? Oh, on Plastic the, Love. Yeah, Plastic Love. And so like I, Plastic I, love, I kind yeah. of like dipped my toes into city um, music for like a minute, and I was like, or city pop, and I was like, eh, I, it's just like a little too 
chintzy sheeny weirdy for me but i can understand it as background music but it's not it, it's, it's a little but it is funny i mean it's it, city pop it's, it's is very city pop exuberant. i think is really fantastic background music and uh plastic yeah. love is a big listen for me when i'm saying but yeah like a lot of his sounds kind of wound up in tokyo city pop um and like all his album covers are just like yeah he I've, loves, I've, I've seen he loves islands <laughs> he loves he's very much got like a middle-aged japanese jimmy buffett vibe um that uh is really pleasant and i really enjoy uh, salaryman on vacation <laughs> salary <laughs> i think that is exactly um well and i have both been enjoying a lot of a uh, spy x family recently oh yes so, oh so good but I've also, in terms of the kind of very different, but in terms of the background music, um, <laughs> I think we lost, I think we had talked about Julius Eastman, but then that was some of the deleted track. I actually or, don't even know if we have mentioned him ever. Well, we, we, you and I kind of both mentioned, I think in passing that it we both been became our, aware uh, of volume one feminine should have been, yeah. been a thousand, but like it, it would have been in the top three of my favorite albums. And I've been listening to that album a lot and just finding a ton of depth in it. Um, yeah. I've, Eastman was a super interesting guy, kind of like a black gay guy in New York in kind of the minimalism scene. Um, there's kind of an apocryphal story. I was reading about him where he, did a performance of a John Cage piece and basically like lost his teaching position at music school. Cause Cage was like, that was too gay. My dude, <laughs> like I, I'm going to, I'm, I think the quote won't just, if you give me the one quote moment. was something about like, it's obvious that he like the John Cage thing that I've yeah, seen. From I, it, is, like, John Cage it, was saying it, like, it's, it's so, obvious that he has no ideas outside of being gay and that like, that's the only thing that is whatever. And that it, it, he doesn't, yeah, think, like, it's, it's too good. And it's just hit. Hit on, hit on that. Which is a, a Cage, bummer if it's a Cage, real quote. Cage was in, and it, this is unattributed. There's no citation for this on Wikipedia. So we can put it in kind of the apocryphal realm. But this was in the 70s, and um, Eastman was in kind of this post this uh, minimalism and post minimalism scene, post minimalism scene, and mm -hmm. did. Uh, a a performance of Cage's songbooks and Cage is reported to have said that Eastman's ego is closed in on homosexuality. And we know this because he has no other ideas, which is a very sad thing to say. And not really what I, th I think of Cage is kind of a more easygoing guy than that, but I, I, I could be wrong or this could be apocryphal. Um, I'm not quite sure, but he, he, he collaborated with a lot of people in kind of the scene, um, but kind of died alone at 49 in Buffalo of a heart attack and kind of a sad story. But Volume 1 Feminine seems to be a, a part of an effort that I hope is ongoing to, to perform some of his written music and to bring some of it back. Um, I branched into some of his other music, um, Evil N-word slur and crazy N-word slur, <laughs> which are both some of these um, kind of prolonged solo piano pieces that aren't quite my bag, but they do. Have you, you listened know, to are. the original recording of Feminine from the seventies? I have not listened to that. You one. can find it on. Um, you can find an archival recording of it on like Bandcamp, and it also is not. It's interesting because like 
I still like parts of it, but it is similar. It, it is way more stripped down and piano forward. Yes. Um, whereas, like the re-recording that um, what was the what is the name of the um, band that did the re-recording? Let me see if I can. Oh. Uh, Wild Up is the yes. is the performer. Um, their version, I think it's like a L.A. kind of like minimalism free jazz kind of collective thing. Their version of it is way has way more. Um, free jazz uh, elements and sort of embellishments on it, um, yes. which I think are... Which is uh, why like, they're I so gorgeous. Like I love <laughs> I love yeah. the minimalism breaking into the free jazz, but it would make sense to me if, like, that wasn't something that Eastman had been doing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... And I can understand why people would... You know, it's, it's sort of like that going back and adding, like, color to a black and white film and being like, well, yeah. now it's better, you know? And so I can, I can well, kind of get I, it. I imagine like, there's oh, the absolutely... I imagine there's absolutely no estates that has any like ownership over any of this, and so there's yeah, I have, a lot I have no grief. idea. It seemed like he had, uh, it seemed like he had some like maybe homelessness and, and substance use problems yes. at some point. So I, I yeah. don't know like if his stuff was really how it was preserved or copyrighted or who owns what. I, I would guess not. Well, <laughs> is what I would. So say. yeah. So if you kind of like like kind of long form minimalist piano, you can listen to uh, Evil and Wurzler and Gay Gorilla. Um, I particularly liked his, uh, he has a cello concerto, the Holy presence of Joan of Arc. Um, oh, I haven't a, listened to that. I'm, I'm a sucker for a cello concerto and that's a good one. And yeah, I just think I'm going to replug, um, feminine. Yeah. Wild up recording. This wild of, uh, recording it's called is, Julius Eastman volume one feminine. And it is it's so fucking good. I think it, I can only find it on CD or digital. No, I think it's only, mode. I think it's only digital. I don't think it's been released on a, um, but it, it is a great contemporary or not contemporary, uh, uh, like companion piece to, um, promises the Pharaoh Sander. Like if you were at all, in, if anybody was yes. all interested in that kind of like long form minimalism mixed with free jazz kind of thing, which was at the top of uh, my list and very high on Paul's list last year. Like this is, I think, an awesome. Oh, here you go. Here's yeah. there's a wild up number two. Joy Boy is yeah. A, I I might like it better. Out. Like I, I I've definitely listened to it a lot more than I've listened to Promises at this point. Oh, interesting. It, okay. It, it, it might be my single favorite music release last year that I just completely missed on our year end. But that's the thing about uh, you know music. There's a lot of it. Um, well, and, and then my, yeah. So like I was saying, on June seventeenth, um, volume two of this is coming out from Wild Up. Um, my final plug is that rap duo, um, Mos Def and Talukweli Black Star, they had an album release as Black Star. Um, very frustratingly, it seems to be a release that is hidden Exclusive behind on a, a podcast streaming for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> streaming. Network. Yeah, I, I saw some, some um, people uh, getting a little pissy about that online. Yeah, it's like next to the Donda 2 release, maybe like the like least <laughs> listenable way to release music, which is like a weird move for these guys. But these are both kind of like we talked about like conscious and like conscious rappers and corny rappers last time. And like I think Tulip Quelly is one of those guys and like kind of Mos Def 2 where I think they kind of have that position of being kind of like outside looking in and feeling a little distance because of that. But it's a weird yeah. roof. It's a weird move to release your album. Um, on a podcast label, especially when the album's really good. Um, you know, the, it's these kind of, you know, two East Coast New York guys rapping over some pretty simple beats. Um, Mad Lib produces a bunch of it. Um, oh, okay. It's really good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. And it's a shame that, uh, it is, uh, very hard to listen to. But, um, you know, it's, you got the internet. You can figure it out. <laughs> Um, 
so yeah, Julius Eastman, uh, check out Holy Presence of Joan of Arc is cello concerto. Check out the new Wild Up recordings. Uh, illegally find uh, Black Star's <laughs> new album and chill out to Maya Mayatoshi Takanaka. All right, well that's the music. Will now, do you want to continue on the journey of uh, Daniel Dumil AFK MF Doom? I too want to continue on the journey. Okay. All right, we'll come back after a quick break. And we're back. So 2003-2004 have been some pretty insanely productive years for MF Doom. So to go back, 1991, he had Mr. Hood. Uh, 1994, he recorded Black Bastards, which wouldn't come out until 2000. And then 1999, he does Operation Doomsday. So kind of in a decade, he's produced three albums. And then over the two years, 2003-2004, he's done Take Me to Your Leader, Vaudeville Villain Number 1, Mad Villainy, Special Herbs and Spices Volume 1, Vaudeville Villain 2, and M Food. So six full-length projects, even though Vaudeville Villain 2 is pretty... Uh, pretty slim but a, a Wait, so pretty... is it vaudeville villain too or is it venomous villain because i'm sorry it's yeah venomous sorry villain. venomous villain it, which is weird because the two only make sense if if, if, the, if it is a sequel if, to something if it is a sequel <laughs> vaudeville villain two would make sense but I, i've also seen it called a venomous villain and so mad villainy was released in march March 23rd of 2004, and uh, a, a short project, but still released as a long play, August 3rd, 2004, on the now-defunct Insomniac label, this uh, 35-minute album, um, VV2, also known as Venomous Villain, <laughs> comes out. Uh, man, this guy's been bouncing around a bunch of labels. I mean, he's been self-producing stuff. He had Stone's Throw um, to release Mad Villain on, and now he is on uh, this now now extinct uh, Insomniac. But uh, from the top, Will, how did you how did you feel about this project? Oh, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it's it's you know, like you said, it's only like thirty five minutes, so it's it's almost more of an EP or sort of like yes. bonus tracks to to Vaudeville Villain than than its own kind of project. It sounds very um, different it. from Vaudeville Villain, though. It, it has more, like, I feel like it has more, like, electronic or kind of, like, glitchy sounds to it, maybe, um, in sort of, like, the middle of it. But And then there's some stuff, like, there's a couple pretty gnarly, like, Bloody Chain, that, that song is, like... Yes. It's gnarly. Uh, I mean, but, like, in, it's a, in a good way. But, like, it, <laughs> yeah, it is it dark. Like, dark. <laughs> I was really surprised at how, sort of, th this feels, like, even darker than, you know, we, we had mentioned kind of Vaudeville villain being his victor vaughn thing which is like it's not supposed to be mf doom or or it's like his his kind of but then there's even there's a title in here that's like doom on vic where it's like talking about yeah like where it's like yeah stuff. Like, people compare vic people and compare doom, doom to doom vic, but vic <laughs> like, okay to um but i did i i liked it i think like it is it definitely feels like a more you know minor work to me just in terms of its length and availability and like and the way that people talk about it yeah. and where it sits in his discography just being you know a bit of a sequel to something and not that widely available now like we have to watch it on youtube or, or stream it on youtube is where 
you have to find it. But um, but but I liked it. You know, it kept up sort of the the things that I like about the kind of like diverse production styles in in vaudeville villain um, and sort of the differences in there. Were you into it or what was your what was your vibe? I think there's, you know, it's weird. This I think this album is it's it's more interesting than it is good. Yeah, um, good. I, I agree with that. I can I can see that. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of reviews where I'm reading it, they're kind of like take time to be like, well, you know, this is probably no one's favorite Doom album. But I think there's yeah. a lot to say <laughs> about it. So I think it's so interesting how Doom has almost never like done two projects produced the same way in a row. Like he mostly self-produced Doomsday, and then you know he goes he he kind of goes back and forth from like rapping over other people's beats to collaborating with one person to doing like with a bunch of people. And this is another album that is produced from a bunch of people who you have never heard of from and Diplo, who you probably have heard of. And, and Diplo, which is really weird. <laughs> which is weird. The, the, it is weird. Kind of the first true song on this album is uh sorry, one second. Hey Molly, I'm recording a podcast. Can you not bark? Molly? Shut hey the Molly. Up. Voice. Hey Molly. Chill out, my dude. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Uh yeah, it is very funny that Diplo was a producer on this album. And, you know, who will go on to be like one of the kind of biggest names and kind of, I feel like, you know, kind of like pop and house. Yeah, like uh, mainstream DJ stuff. Main dream, mainstream DJ stuff, like big ass Coachella sets. And he's just like, yeah, on he's, this he's like the minute, same as like a David Guetta yeah. or like, exactly. Or like a, yeah, like Steve Aoki or whatever to me. Yeah, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll DJ the amateur porn awards, uh, whatever you need him to do. <laughs> um, just on this kind of first track of this album. But besides that, uh, looking into Insomniac, it is it has been not a label since 2008. This seems to be the only uh, album of note they ever really yeah. put out, except for some of the works of a cool Keith. Are you familiar with cool Keith? Is he the one who did Dr. Octagonopus and stuff? Is that, is, yeah, is that uh, well, person? well, that's crude. It's Dr. Octagonicologist. Oh, sorry, but Dr. Octagon. <laughs> is that Cool Keith? Yeah, that's Cool Keith. Then, then yes, of... I am familiar with Dr. Octagon, but that's the only thing I know from him. Yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. Did most of his work in kind of like the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Some kind of trippy hip-hop, a lot of wordplay. Like, you know... you. Most people would only know him by the fact that the titles of one of his albums is uh, Dr. Octagonicologist, <laughs> which, uh, you know, for me kind of puts him in the same camp as the Cunning Linguists. And <laughs> uh, yeah, he, they are seem to be the only two people who were ever um, did big projects with this uh Label, if you uh, if you look them up on the internet, Web Archive has their very retro website where you can see the, um, so w their releases besides that are just a bunch of mech tapes. But these producers, you know, System D120, uh, Da Vinci, um, who do Dub L, who do most of it. I thought they're they're doing some kind of some interesting like cyber techno glitchy kind of stuff, which is not really. Yeah. Um, which is not really being done. Um, I, I I dug into it a little bit because I was interested. Uh, are you familiar with Preface? Um, wait, not Preface. Uh, when I was, what's his name? Um, 
Prefuse 73. Mm, not off the top of my head that I know. So Prefuse 73 is kind of, he was a DJ producer. He was kind of one of the first people to be doing um, kind of like what would become to call glitch wap, glitch rap or um, glitch wap, glitch wap. <laughs> <laughs> glitch rap. I'm going to play a little bit right here because I think it's interesting. Yeah, hit me. Just just because it's a shorter album, I think there's time to to talk about this because it, I just thought it was really interesting that like obviously glitch is a thing like Aphex Twin is recording. You have a big like mm -hmm. techno glitch scene, and then you have a big hip hop scene, and but like glitchy hip hop production is like this really really micro micro genre all until kind of like the mid aughts when it becomes like one of the biggest ways hip hop is done with like. I guess not one of the biggest ways, but like Death Grips, JPEG Mafia, like it'll really explode into its own subgenre. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that like on this weird MF Doom sub project, there's this kind of like nest egg of production that's not really followed up on because. Yeah. And the interesting thing that I saw was like, I read a couple, you know, reviews on Rate, My, Rate Your Music and. And I sort of understand what they were saying where <clears throat> they were like, oh, this production is really interesting, but it doesn't like fit Doom is sort of like the vibe yes. that, I, that I got from a lot of this is that like it, this is a cool album and it has interesting sounds, but like compared to the rest of his discography and what you expect from him, that it, it doesn't really, in most people's mind, I think like vibe with the rest of it, <laughs> which, which makes sense for, for what it is. And that's the weird thing to me about this being a Victor Vaughn track. Is yeah, because, that it's not a like, third persona or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's like he had established the Victor Vaughn as kind of his more like laid back. I'm not really doing any gimmicks right now. So it's weird for him to kind of jump on this new production style. Um, but I don't know. Like that that's the weirdness. And maybe like the missed opportunity for me is like this, this doesn't really have... For me, there's not really anything I can point to that links this to Vaudeville Villa. I think there's a couple except, like except some that like on on Vaudeville Villain, but yeah, not which you a lot. It, but also that like Vaudeville Villain was also the one where there was a lot of different people producing. Yeah, yeah. So if if maybe like maybe the the sinew stitching it together is that like the vaudeville villain is the kind of like let's bring a bunch of people together and and see what happens elements to it but it was interesting looking at kind of we've talked about like how much music he was putting out 2003 2004 it's kind of interesting to look at he is having his most creative period at like what is kind of a big lull and a big like transition point for hip hop in general. It was really interesting to look into, especially like 2004 to see like what were like the chart topping singles. Um, so 
the biggest album of 2004 is uh, Kanye West's College Dropouts, mm-hmm. which there are a lot of people who are having their first big album in 2004 and there are a lot in 2003, 2004. And there are a lot of people who are like falling off or having their last big album. In yeah. It definitely feels like an inflection point with like where the nineties sort of thing of rap yes. really died. And the sort of like the aughts of like bling, like pop rap, yeah. Southern, whatever stuff kind of came to rise. So like the, the, um, the number three single uh, for 2004 is from uh, the 2003 album A Speaker Box The Love Below and there's okay, like three sense. singles off of that like off of that 2003 album which are top singles for 2004 um, even Jay-Z's uh, The Black Album which is a 2003 album which is his last both Jay-Z and Outkast are having like their last big album before they go on hiatus or stop making music yeah Basically, same with Eminem. Eminem has Encore, which is like the start of a big fallow period for him. <laughs> um, and then Lil Wayne and Kanye West, who were kind of really divine, like the late thousands and then all through the 2010s. Uh, Lil Wayne has the Carter in 2004. Kanye West has the college dropouts. And a lot of bling era rap is kind of wrapping up. Um, yeah. Pun intended. Uh <laughs> Lil Jean is kind of all over this kind of period, but <laughs> um, kind of wrapping things up. LL Cool J's around. You'll see Jadakiss. You'll see uh, Nelly has Nelly featuring. Oh, yeah. McGraw yeah. is a big single. Just all that to say that some of the reviews pointed out that like MF Doom might be like the best rapper rapping in 2003, 2004. Like a lot of people are a lot of it, it seems like the end of an era. And then in 2007, Soldier Boy Tell Him comes out mm. and we have a brand new era of like internet rap. But I, I just I thought it was interesting that Yeah, he's I, having... this is a that he's having his like doomissance during the time that's like yeah, a, a very like exactly. transitional period. And... Yeah, where like it's it's hard to point at it's hard to point at who else is doing their best work in 2003 2004 who is like as big a name in hip-hop uh dizzy rascal is has a really good album um beastie boy so so there's there's stuff going on but um surprisingly if you if you're talking about like classics from this era um i think you can it really depends how you feel about um, the Black Album and Speaker Box Love Below. But besides that, it's a, a lot of MF Doom stuff. But with yeah, that, but, and even like you said, with those ones, those are sort of like final. There's a sort of yes. finality of like wrapping up a run of things that were it was very strong. You know, yeah, not really continuing on. Yeah, um, Eminem, Jay Z, Outkast, all of them titans. But I don't think anyone would say that their best work is uh, ahead of them in 2004. <laughs> Uh, whereas like Lil Wayne and Kanye West, they're they're about to go on some really stellar runs and um, kind of like what I'll call like the ringtone era of hip hop is just kind of coming. <laughs> um, but with that, let's let's talk about some of this track. So let's hear. Um, let's let's actually go into back end. So this is this is the Diplo produced track. So let's hear a little bit of that. 
Dub it off your man, don't spend that ten bucks I did it for the advance, the back end sucks It's better than sitting up in a crack den With the Mac 11 yelling at your fiends and friends The duck, it's feds at the door Oh, it's just FedEx, I thought I heard walkie-talkies Must have been them redneck neighbors of mine They fucking with they CD, and we in the spot Watching cops on TV, blazing greens Dumping big first CD, drinking on E Hoping pigs don't see If they were psychic, they try to give them the electric chairs Getting hectic in here, and it's our election year Keep this section clear, VIP Shed a few tears, sister me I really like the production off this track, but um, you know, obviously, like Diplo is going to be on a good, be a great GJ. I like what they're doing with this kind of bluesy guitar riff that is kind of the center point for the the the, the more electronic glums and then the the glitching going back and forth. Uh, how do you feel about this track? Well, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's it's not it doesn't like blow me away or like stick with me that much but like i do like it when i when i was listening to it you know it's like the the sort of chopped up glitchy like drum beats and guitar and stuff like that is um is a nice it's, vibe to it it's also we're saying one of the reviews or comments i was reading about it points out that uh on the 35 minutes album there's only like nine minutes or so of mf doom actually rapping on it yeah and i think that's that part that's part of what makes it feel like such like a b-side track is that it's like there's not i didn't really get any like because i'm like you know I, I like the big like memorable mf doom bars like mm -hmm. he's doing fun wordplay but it's definitely not um he doesn't go on the same kind of tears and the rapping he does is pretty pretty laid back and kind of like pretty like I think even like mixed back on the beats, um, which I think kind of contributes to people saying that they don't, it's hard to think of this as like, yeah, his, State his project. <laughs> but yeah, let's roll on a uh, fall back slash titty fat. Lighting up the stratosphere, shooting slugs as nameless, aim caressing Vladimir Putin. His matted hair was too thin to cut into a gumby, nothing to be, he feel his bum knee. It's about to rain, there goes my two-way, out of range, it's a strange new day, touche. It's all good, like down home cooking, he left with the crown on his dome and kept booking. His men run crooklin, keep one in ten huns hooking, no offense, none tookin'. It's more fun of the looking. The pound of the wardrobe had your poor son shooken. Sometimes he feel he need to stop jooksin'. Then he say nah with a real slight crook grin. Vic style of rhyme will bug out Joe six pack. Slick while the time he dug out Joe chicks back. Uh, one, it's uh was kind of sobering for me to uh, realize that Vladimir Putin was getting shout outs in 2004. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not only that, but there's a shout out to monkeypox in like yes. food, I think. And I was like, what the fuck is what? going on that monkeypox and Vladimir Putin are like the two things in the news. And this is what Doom was rapping about in 2004. Like, that's really strange. I kind of assumed monkeypox was just wordplay, but I don't know if it was. A I, I mean, I'm assuming as well, but like, it is funny that those things are. Both it was, it's just, it was just weird, like a facial moment. Just like shout out Vladimir Putin. And I'm like, oh wow, like I guess yeah, he was like a running Russia in 2004. Um, but yeah, to, while I think there's in you know maybe there's not much more I have to say about the album than this, but while there are interesting production ideas. Doom sounds very unengaged on this song, and that kind of like goes through a lot of the album for me, and that makes it kind of like, yeah, like a a, a production exercise for insomnia than like a real showcase yeah, for more than a Doom project for him. Um, but speaking of, so 
I think my favorite song was the one featuring Cool Keith, who very it makes sense that him and NFD uh, they have similar vibes to me. So let's hear some of Dope Skiller. We all got our vices. Some got the goal to call the shots off the dices. And that's Vic. Bring slaughter to your section. Have y'all some see get an order of protection. His name rings bell, said Jake. He sings well, even with this King Hell headache. Hit him with an anvil to trigger a scandal. If not just to get free press off the nigga channel. He only plays for high prices and raises his hourly rate based on how nice he There's is. There's a lot of I'm heard of you raps. But lame ass guys out of nowhere, corny asses. I never heard of you cats. Guys like you mess up a lot of tracks. Ask your neighborhood about me while you rapping, act tough and crispy. Urinate on your jacket, leave you pissy. Start talking, get your autograph for Missy. Don't forget your best lines. Spit three verses in the cup and get busy. A whack ass coming this way must be caused out of dizzy. You don't listen enough. See me pissing enough. Yeah, I think, I mean, the main thing I have to say is that I think Cool Keith and MF Doom make really good counterpoints for each other. I think they're both kind of like weird dudes. And I think they're weird, but they don't, <laughs> but they have different delivery styles that I think work well together. And this track kind of makes me wish that we had like, I think there could be a very cool full project that was like Cool Keith and MF Doom on a more futuristic glitchier beat selection but this isn't really that this, you know it's not developed enough to be that and um so i don't know I, I think overall um while there was some cool stuff on this project it never really developed into like what i thought could have been you know a part of his discography worth worth mentioning uh, are there any other songs you wanted to highlight or any thoughts you had um, i did the only um do you want to go to bloody chain yeah like bloody chain because i think like you know i i kind of enjoy like one of my favorite outcast uh songs is um was it the art of storytelling uh yeah art of storytelling i really really, yeah part two and i really like i enjoy like a good kind of like story rap song (laughs) like and i think like doom is not really somebody who does that like because no he's saying similar to cool keith it's like it's a lot of kind of like surrealism and abstract wordplay and stuff like that and so like there's not a lot of like narrative through points and so i was actually kind of impressed with i mean bloody chain is 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 dark um it's not like uh you know a, a happy song or whatever but like having it kind of go more on a a straight like linear story thing i was like oh like i, I kind of missed this a little bit from his discography for me it's it's just something i i kind of like from from rap a little more than the like i'm just not as into the you know world wordplay connective tissues stuff um as I, I thought I poison to, like some of the story stuff. I thought poison poison pen might have been Ghostface Killer, but apparently he's just another rapper whose projects you can check out. But yeah, let's hear a bit of Bloody Chain. She sipped white Zinfandel. Maybe I'll make her to my baby mother. Then she had to break out to babysit her baby brother to show what she was iller than the next chick is. He reached in the drawer and let her sport one of the necklaces and gave her change for a token. Get at me when you get to where you're going. Got a call later that night. I was heartbroken. My man was like, your girl just got bodied. I'm not joking. Fucked her up real bad. She ain't make it. Stuck her with a cutter. She wouldn't let him take the shit. I'm like, my shorty got stabbed off a piece of shit chain. I had nabbed off a crab. Wouldn't give it up, so I put one in his ab. Grabbed the bloody chain and took a cab to the lab. I knew I should have sold it to the A-Rab. My shorty got stabbed off the same bloody chain. Sooner or later, it always catches up with you. Yeah, it's fun. I think his flow works 
for the, for as little as he does it, I think it's like flow and delivery work really yeah. well for that storytelling because he breaks it up. Like we've said, the way he kind of like does two bars and then does like a half bar and a rest. I think it works well for kind of stringing episodes together. Um, the beat really sounds like someone is trying to make so a honest. mad villain. <laughs> well, I, I was yeah. like the, the beat really sounds like a mad villainy beat to me. It's got kind of that ominous circus um, mm. sounds that really sounds to me like one of the producers um, was trying to kind of recreate a, this is a song I think you could pluck right out of here and throw onto Mad Villainy, and except for its length, I think it would mix really well with the production style. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, let's was just it, do a little bit. Of, is this is it this one or Um Food where there's a line about going across the city is a dollar fifty? Not a bad. Oh yeah, no, guaranteed to suck a titty. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that is such a one. fucking funny that's... line. I cracked up so hard. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, it's like a dollar fifty. Um, I think that's off. That price you guarantee yeah. to suck a titty. <laughs> when I edit it, when I edit it, I will make sure that that line gets into the <laughs> uh, gets into the clip we put in. But yeah, this yeah, this girl like she she takes the train to see me in the hood. Uh, but you know it's a buck fifty. But you know. Feels like a titty. Might as well be it. So, and we'll just finish off with uh, the the bonus track, a little remix uh, pop quiz. I like the beat on that one. It's kind of the most glitchiest in techno way, but it kind of drums. Yeah drowns out the rapping at points which is a bummer um so yeah that is a venomous villain or vaudeville villain too i think overall just just to kind of go over what i said before i think there could have been a really cool project here um both with doom rapping over this kind of glitchier production uh would love to have seen a little bit more investment into that and i would have loved to see i think him in cool keith and we'll talk about collaborations later in the series i think him and cool keith could have done some really cool collaborations together but it's 35 minutes it's very uneven you know the songs we yeah. didn't play we didn't play for a reason they're not really worth listening to and uh he doesn't rap for very much on it which uh kind of make it a bummer for me at the end of the day um none of the cool ideas i think are spun out enough to to I don't think if if someone was listening through MF Doom and they were like, oh, is it worth tracking that down? I was like, well, you can if you want to, is, is how I feel. Yeah, about I it. don't think it does a whole lot that, like, vaudeville villain didn't already kind of seed already. Like, it, it yeah. definitely feels like it's... But I, but, but I enjoy that production a little, you know, to me, like, I sort of came into, into my, crystallized in my realization of when we were talking about Mad Villainy was that, was like, that both... Um, Operation Doomsday and Mad Villainy court, sort of court that more like soul um, R and B kind of sample, and like to me, this this sampling and glitch production is just it's just more um, interesting to to my ears than some of that other stuff. So like, I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's above like a sort of like a six ish for for me something. Around yeah, there. I think like five six for me, and yeah. So I just, but it is so interesting that um, this kind of glitchy hip hop 
that this is a weird small example of that in 2004 when just well before it seemed to get ripe and then you would have Flying Lotus, JPEG Mafia, um, Death Grips, people like that really kind of bring this kind of glitchier, more um, industrial production into into the rap conversation. So uh, interesting, but um, maybe a little bit disappointing. I, I put it around a five or six as well. And with that, let's take a quick break and then we'll go into uh, food. All right, ready to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we're back. So now we are on to November 16th, 2004, uh, his last album in this sprint that he's been on. And um, even if this is not your favorite MF Doom album, I think it's hard to argue that this is the most MF Doom album. (laughs) Yes, for um, good and for worse in my case. For, for, for better and for worse. Because remember I that time, like, the... last episode where I was like, I think I could never hear another skit again and be pretty happy. And he was like, what if half the album what was if a third of the album? <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Interesting. What if a third of the album was skits? <laughs> well, what? There was a Velvet Underground. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Velvet Underground. Um, there was a... Um... Now I'm excited to hear who this is going to be. Yeah, no. Uh, on our last series, who was our last series? It was the Velvet Underground, right? My Bloody Valentine? <laughs> My Bloody Valentine, yeah. That's who we did. That's who we talked about for weeks. <laughs> that's who we weeks. did. Um, well, there was an album on there where you're like, well, this is like, you know, th- this is not the classic album, but like sometimes when I listen to it, I think this might be my favorite album. Am I, yeah, am I yeah, recall yeah. it? Uh, which one was that? That was... um isn't anything the one before loveless yeah i'm like oh like maybe this is actually very good <laughs> and then maybe you, it's, you know it's not in in it's not canonized like mad villainy would be i guess but M- M- food is kind of that same like relationship with it maybe i don't know like i think i think a lot of people would put it there together but i think like as a, the thing you realize is mad villainy he he's given the beats over to mad lib and i think that's really keeping him focused and we talked a lot about how one of the things you kind of asked me right out, like, well, what puts like MF doom is always kind of doing this level of wordplay. What about this album makes it a classic? And I was like, well, I really think Mad Lib's production and like the short little songs really like keep them focused and keep them moving from like musical concept to musical concept. And this is not that at all. This (laughs) is MF doom. He is doing the beats. He is doing the production. Um, it is so overstuffed with concepts where he is doing his Saturday morning cartoon supervillain thing. There's a lot of that. He's all, there's a lot of that, but then there's also a lot of food talk and talking about yes. food. You have a lot of different characters. Um, you have his weird expose on edible food wrapping, which he kind of like, has. Yeah, in his that goes on for a long time. We hope eventually you'll be able to cook time. it into your food. Like, what is going on here? We have this weird Louisiana guy who's like, well, uh, when I've had a big <laughs> meal, I, uh, and that is, like we point out structurally, that's kind of the whole middle third of the album. Yeah, so like what I Weird. what I saw on online on Rachel Music um, is that like it's broken up into three pieces, which is appetizers, which is um, from beef wrap to deep fried friends, yeah. special recipes, no, they, yeah. which is the middle section of of um, 
like all kinds of different to concarne to uh concarne entrees is concarne to cookies and i will say that i think concarne to cookies is perhaps my favorite piece that we've listened to of anything so far in this series like oh wow more than loveless i think it's really really oh no in in the no, i'm getting I, I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um i think it like rivals um you know like king Ghidorah for me as like the top kind of things like it, i really think that it's so on but like then my other problem with it is like the middle i just never need to listen to again it's, it just is all <laughs> cut up stuff that i don't care about and then i think the beginning is like a mix of things that i really like but i think it's like a little overly long and has a little bit too much of the cartoon kind of cuts into it but it's like this isn't an uneven album for me but the parts that like are good like fucking sing like are, are really really good i think that's i think that's one of the things about listening to music and talking about like how do you feel about an album is it's, i'm always kind of go back on forth on like how disqualifying i think unevenness is because molly i actually love coming out <laughs> do you like this do you no, there's an incredible review on Rave My Music that it speaks. So It's so fucking funny. It says, the highs yeah. are so fucking high, higher than Mad Villainy, but there's just way too much time devoted to the skits on this one. It, it'll always keep it a half star away from perfection for me, right? So that's the original quote. And then underneath right. it, it says, the skits make the album coward. <laughs> Which I think is such a fucking funny response. Like, because I am definitely the guy in quotations. And then, like, the true I'm, MF I'm Doom that other guy. Like, I'm like, the skits what, this, make what, the album makes, what, what, what makes this such an MF Doom album is yeah. this weird Southern guy talking about his gumbo <laughs> That's recipe. That's very funny. Um, yeah, so let's talk about So, I, I think the reason I probably like this more than you is, um, well, I I do like I, I I totally agree. I think like much how I think like the last kind of like five to six album run of five to six sorry song run of yeah, Mad Villainy is kind of like purely perfect. I feel the same way here, where like I think Con Carne to Cookies is yeah, um, it's really fucking good. The wordplay is stellar. I mean, there's so many lines like I'm, I want to highlight on it, but um, I I really like the front the front five songs as well. Uh, I think they're mm. funny. Um, I think uh, One Beer is one of my one favorite beer's pretty good. Yeah. songs. One Beer's pretty good. Uh, that's actually a Mad Villain beat that kind of got clipped from Mad Villainy. And so that's uh, that and Potholders are, I think, the only two beats that are not MF Doom. Um, okay. I like, I like, I love, uh, I love the sample on Deep Fried Friends. Um, I think Beef Rap is incredible, but um I also just maybe it's a mood thing, but if if I'm in the right mood, I will just listen to the skits all the way through, and they do <laughs> give me a a special kind of tickle, a special kind of yeah. pleasure. I mean, they are funny. Um, I, I, it's not it's not that I like hate them. I think it's for me. It's like if this was the only album that he did it on, I would be like, oh, cool. But like having it be part of yeah. just like everything that has kind of the MF Doom like you know main like that he's rapping under that name on, it just like touches a little too much of it for me. It's, it's too much, takes up too much space in my, in my opinion. Yeah. And I still think like take me to your leader still had my favorite example of it when they had that there, there's like the five minute song. That's just yeah, a bunch just of Godzilla like <laughs> extracts and like no, nowhere else I think is. And yes, like I, I'm not an idiot, but like it's, it's, it's a three. It's a a one minute 
track, a one minute track, a 49 second track, mm-hmm. and then a three minute track. So like time wise, um, it's basically like, yeah, there's this one, like basically like six to seven minute segments. But I also think there's big. more, and maybe I'm misremembering or wrong, but I no, also they, think they, there's it, more sample stuff um, woven through the first five yes. tracks as well. as so, so let's start with some of the sample into wrapping off beef rap. They must work faster. But the prisoner. Ah, uh, yes. The young traitor who is trying to turn my people against me. Watch him. I have special plans for that one. Beef rap can lead to getting teeth capped or even a reef from armed dudes for some beef crap. I suggest to change the diet. It can lead to high blood pressure if you fry or even a stroke. Heart attack, heart disease, it ain't no starting back once arteries start to squeeze. Take the easy way out, phony, until then they know they wouldn't be talking abalone in the bullpen. So disgusting, part itself as I discuss this, they talk a wealth of shit and they ain't never seen the justice. Bust this like a cold milk from out the toilet, two batteries, some brillo and some four here boil. So, on the top end, um, I think it is kind of weird to combine the food focus with the, I kind of wish he had dropped the the villain focus fantastic. Just... If, if the, yeah if that had been dropped in it would just been like funny clips about people funny. being hungry and wanting food i think i would like it more as yeah. well <laughs> just like whenever like i'm sure my wife has no idea what's happening when i do this but if i'm like making salmon for dinner i will often just like open the freezer and be like fish protein <laughs> and <laughs> I, I i really like a lot of the food samples but i it one of my only critiques of this album is I think it makes it feel both kind of like sonically and conceptually crowded to be doing the fantastic four cartoon clips along with the kind of like food focused sound collage. And on this, for instance, if you kind of took that out, I think you'd have a nice like 30 second sound collage. Yeah. Um, but instead, like I saw you scrolling through the genius thing. Yeah. It was like skit one, skit two, yeah, skit three, four, skit five. If you skit go, six, there's six whole skits yeah. before you get to the first you, one. It's like, if you yeah. go to genius, it, it does. And there's six separate skits. Um, I, but I love the first skit sounds kind of back to like, you know, um, the first skit reminded me of, of like a Mr. Hood, Hood kind of kind of track. Yeah, yeah. like a, a Mr. a Mr. Hood track in a way that I really like. It's like, oh man, I, yeah, I, I, I got you. I get you. I, I really <laughs> like it. So I think this album could I love this album, but I think you could tighten it up not by cutting out the middle section, which I really like, but just by kind of cutting out some of the card the yeah. fantastic. No, I, I I actually agree. Stuff. I think that is a more uh, definitely a more nuanced take on what I was saying because like the middle yeah. section stuff that is about the weird guy who's like, yeah, I'm making a stew and I drink what like that is kind of endearing and weird and, and I don't mind it, but like the stuff where it just kind of continuously goes back to like. Renounce Doom, yeah, and he's like, I've like, been serving a madman my whole life. I'm like, all right, I've already heard, kind of heard the Fantastic Four yeah, stuff. Yeah, and like on Mad Villainy with the carnival feel, the Saturday morning cartoon stuff really yeah, fits goes well. into fits well into it. And I just i I don't think it does as well. But then when it, like I love this song, like when it, when it cuts out and he just says beef rap and then goes into <laughs> the sample, I really like the sample in production. Um, and I really like when he just says beef rap. Uh, it's, it's that kind of like I. I think MF Doom really, really knows like how. To, when he just says beef, says beef rap. rap. I think MF Doom really knows how to make an entrance on his album. Just like I love the accordions uh, opening for uh, Mad Villainy, and he's just he's right off. He's he's more engaged. He's 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 both engaged and laid back. I think it's kind of the perfect 
place for him. Um, uh, and top bleeding, maybe fella took the loaded rod gears. Stop feeding babies colored sugar coated lard squares. This is the album where he really stretches his like really long strings of internal um rhymes in a place that kind of leaves me in a fugue state sometimes and um can you explain a little bit to me about like um is any of this stuff improvised or is this entirely like like written because i know like you know watching the needle drop sometimes he talks about like a rapper having good pen game versus having like good like you know, freestyle game or, or whatever the sort of the skills yeah. are. Like, is MF Doom somebody who like freestyles any of this, or is it just like in a, like an intense no. kind of like process of writing down and figuring out these rhymes beforehand? That then, what I know about like MF Doom, and he he's kind of in the school of like I think he just carries a notebook and you're like, eh, eh. okay, he is always kind of like jotting down rhymes and stuff i i I understand it's all written and even like in this song it is part of his mythology he will often point out in a song kind of a mythology of where he wrote it so just off of beef rap itself so good segue will i wrote this note around new year's off a couple shots and a few beers but who cares enough about me it's about the beats not about the streets and who food about he about to eat so, and I, I really like one, uh, one lyric who says like, um, he wrote this one in cold blood with a toothpick on second thought. Nah, it's too thick. I think that's a line <laughs> off of Mad Villainy that I really enjoy. So yes, I doom nowhere alludes, nor do I have from any outside source that he improvises. I think improvising is definitely in the minority. We were talking about him earlier. Lil Wayne is one of the kind of most famous people to just get in the studio with another, nothing written down and just kind of Oh, like, really? Okay. And just yeah, go for it. Um, and just kind of go for it. Um, freestyling is definitely a sub genre where like sometimes you'll have a project where you'll have a freestyle and you can definitely tell the, the difference between, but that's like a lot of the mythology of little Wayne is like, that he could really pull rhymes out of his ass when at least like his claim was that he was coming up with it all off the top of his head. Um, yeah. And I'm not like, I don't mean to be in like, Oh, he no, didn't improvise. Oh, no. it's like a diminishing way. I'm just kind of oh, curious no, no, about yeah. like somebody who's so like, you know, the thing about him, especially for, for you or, or, or somebody that's like more into that, like internal rhyme schemes and the, the technical aspects of, of writing. I'm always curious, like how this stuff gets assembled. Cause I'm just not no, really yeah, that I, knowledgeable I, of it the vast majority of people are writing it and it's always kind of like a, um, like a note or like an interesting tip. It's like, Oh yeah, you know, he actually freestyled this. That's kind of like, Oh, that's well, it kind of like brings up your estimation of something. If like, it turns out he just kind of came off with up the dome, but like <laughs> freestyling is kind of a job genre of like the XXL freshmen. They do like freestyles every year and, Freestyling is very hard, and the people who are good yes. at it, like it's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, but I like, think so. it is. It is. Uh, there's no freestyling that is kind of up to this level of uh, complexity. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's hear a little bit of one beer, which is I think a very polarizing sample. <laughs> 
the super when they need their back on plumbing fix. Howard's only one left, the pack coming six. Whatever happened to two and three? A herb tried to slide with four and five and got caught. Like, what you doing, G? Don't make them have to get cutting like truancy. Matter of fact, not for nothing right now. You and me, looser than a pair of Adidas. I hope you bought your spare tweeters. MCs sound like cheerleaders. Rapping and dancing like redhead kingpin. Doom came to do the thing again, no matter who be blinging. Do it for the smelly hubbies. Seeds know what time it is, like it's time for Teletubbies. Few can do it, even fewer can sell it. Take it from the dude who wear a mask like a tarted helmet. He plots shows like robberies. In and out, one, two, three, nobody's. Um, I have played this song for some people who find that vocal sample uh, extremely obnoxious. Really? And off putting. I, mean, I like it a lot. You know what it reminds me of? Loud. I don't know if you've ever played any of these, but it sounds a lot like the Persona soundtrack, like that, the kind of like Atlas, like. Um, I don't even know what you would call it, like modern, like lounge acid jazz thing that like oh, Persona really? like, three through five. No, I need like, to play. Like I, yeah. I know Persona Four is on PC now. Um, mm. I should and, like, give their, it a... their soundtrack like is really. I mean, the soundtracks are fucking bangers for Persona, but like that kind of like high pitch um, or the like the higher register female kind of vocal samples. I, I don't immediately that just puts my mind to Persona, and I'm I'm into it. <laughs> I like I like that sound. I don't I don't dislike it at all. Yeah, I, I love this song. I, I, it, it makes me laugh every time when he's like opening the fridge and is like, "Why is there only one left? The pack coming six. And <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a fun little song idea. Um, along with uh, next one, uh, Deep Fried Friends, where Doom kind of opines on, uh, his low view of friendship. Dummy. So nowadays he ain't so friendly Actually they wouldn't even made a worthy enemy Read the signs, no feeding the baboons Seeing as how they got your back bleeding from the stab wounds Y'all know the dance, they smile in your face Y'all know the glance, try to put them on, they blow the chance Never let your so-called mans know your plan A show of hands is a term some people use loosely I'm real choosy on what I choose to let crew see You telling me, I try to act broke Jealousy the number one killer among so a lot of people kind of draw the line between this and Doomsday, and I agree, but some of the stuff on this album even draws the line all the way back to Mr. Hood, an album we both liked a lot, where yeah. he kind of, he, he he really is pulling off that, like, bizarro, what we call the Adult Swim energy, this kind of, like, Saturday morning cartoon flipped and um, made... made made satirical um he uh, and he even like throws that he dedicates uh this song to sub rock at the end but the whole front of this the, so that's that's kind of the first five tracks of the album um they're they're a bit scattered and i think they're a bit held back by trying to do both the the food idea and the supervillain idea together, but all in all, there's there's a lot of good ideas, and and I I really enjoy the front half. Yeah, um, I think there are definitely some good ideas. It's just, it's not like that. It's a little less consistent to me, but I think it, it definitely is. Uh, and so stronger than Operation Doomsday to me, at least. Yes, I, I but I I think it is really like a leveled up version of Operation Doomsday. Um. In in this kind of like a lot of sound collage and doom very forward on like weird samples weird song ideas and a lot a lot a lot i mean he is he is rhyming so much on this album it's mm -hmm. it's a 
how long is this album? It's like 49 minutes? 40 yeah, minutes? so it's also shorter, and I think it benefits from being shorter. And uh, besides the skits in the middle, there's, there's a lot of doom rapping on it. And talking about the skits in the middle, uh, as emblematic of them, uh, let's throw on a little bit of gumbo. <laughs> this is a platter of... This makes an exceptionally good late night snack and also a dandy fly swatter. Eyes are going, I can't hit it. Nothing comes between me and my masters. What is it, Father? These footprints were made by the, the flying monkey men. But they've never strayed from the valley since we made the pig feed. Yes, that is what disturbs me. He'd probably get indigestion. MF Doom, I mean, for somebody who gets talked about as a rapper, like, I think he really does have his own production style and he's really accomplished as a producer. And hmm. I, I, I like that he can kind of show off and kind of string these, you know, instructional, kind of like PBS, like weird, no one watched public access television, like exposés on edible rappers together with a uh, weird sample. So, yeah, I, I get why a lot of people would skip this part of the album, but it is something I, I really enjoy. And yeah, I think it has a similar thing to me to like the Godspeed um stuff where it's like the the timbre of this particular guy's voice that he's doing the sample about like talking about gumbo and like the lady and stuff like that. It's like it, this, the, where he's pulling it from or the way they're speaking about it really makes it for me in a way that yeah. is like very fun and strange. Like that guy talking right. about like cooking up, you know, gumbo, whatever is like, he has such a unique voice and I, it is, yeah. I, I do like it more so than, than some of the, you know, Edible rappers. samples. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I like that. He's, he's mostly sticking to the kind of food thing right mm. here. Um, and with that, uh, let's go down to uh, a song that has some of my favorite MF Doom lines of all time. Let's play a little bit of Con Carney. shot off that wide-eyed talk. And if he had a pot, he'd still piss on the sidewalk. You can't take the street out the street person. Looking for the perfect beat to worsen into heat person. They couldn't spot him on a spot date. Got the only tape that come with a free hot plate. Whoever do get to see me sing with the 3D rate sitting stationary like TV King can see how it really stink. It ain't no front row, standing room only at the motocross stunt show. The roughest ain't up to snuffle up to kiss. Me and Sub is like the Brown Smothers brothers. Faster than the seven seas, bigger than Mount Kilimanjaro. If they don't know, fill them in tomorrow on the horror show. A mental note, return box record. The beat is nothing special there. I mean, I think it's serviceable, but he is just going and going and going. Yeah. And <laughs> man, I, so many lines make me laugh or think, uh, whoever do get to see me sing with the 3D ring sitting stationary like B.B. King <laughs> always <laughs> makes me laugh. And just in terms of pure like ability to rhyme, um, Vaster than the seven seas, bigger than Mount Kilimanjaro. If they don't know, fill them in tomorrow. I don't think I could rhyme all like five syllables of Mount Kilimanjaro <laughs> with something else, but he pulls it off. Um, flyers scatter, buy a plate, isolate the wires, try the straight pliers, if not the vice grips. A real price saver way to acquire nice whips. Also, is <laughs> yeah, that's a what is that's crazy. What's a, what a steal on what a steal for real on wheels of steel. 
And he's not like it. 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 Like I say, it, it almost like hypnotizes me when it's just like the top for me of his skill of just stringing these together. It's you're just it just sounds when you listen to it, but then like you you try to zero in on any of them. And it works. Like he pulled it off. Like he he made a sentence that says something with the rhymes, and it's for me. It's, it's such a big part of why listening to hip hop is so much fun. Because just like with with a more instrumental or like a rock record or something, where like you can hear a new instrument every time. Every time you come back to this song, you can hear a line for the first time, and like a rhyme can hit you, or a double entendre can hit you, and it is so fun to revisit these songs over and over and over again and really get hit by something that is clever every single time. Um, so yeah. And uh, I think um, Mr. Fantastic comes back for rap snitch knishes with a, uh, yeah, that's, I, I like uh, that, that song quite a bit. I think it's a David Bowie guitar from when I, it's like a David Bowie guitar sample. Is oh, is it? I, I don't find. even, I don't even, yeah. I can't think uh, of but let's play a little bit of that. MF Doom snitches, man. Shit is bugged out, man. What the fuck, man? Niggas running their mouth. Telling anything. Anything. Rap snitches. Telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around. Get the whole label sent up for years. Uh. Rap snitches. Telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around. Get the whole label sent up for years. Tight profile, low. Like eight and paid in full. Attract heavy cash. Cut the game centrifugal, Mr. Fantastic. Long though, like elastic. All my life with twin clocks that's made out of plastic. Can stand up brown nosing nigga, fake ass bastard. Admiring my style, tall bust to Manhattan. Plotting, playing the quickest. My flow's the sickest. My hoes be the thickest. My drove the stickiest. So going down, so yeah, this is a David Matthews cover of yeah, Space I was just Oddity. Looking it up. I was like, that yeah. definitely is not David Bowie. It's definitely more yeah. guitar-y than, but that's interesting. Um, you know what it reminds it, me of? It, the second track off of um, King Ghidra. The, uh, yeah. was it Fastlane? Or oh, like, like, yeah, a, yeah. It has like a very similar, like, uh, I don't even know what it's like, commercial sounding, like 70s guitar to it that I really like. But yeah, so this is a weird, um, I don't think David Matthews is Dave Matthews, right? <laughs> Uh, he would not be alive to, to. He would not be old <laughs> enough to be releasing cover music in 1977. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, a weird uh, space oddity um, cover. Uh, I, Mr. Fantastic. He's back from earlier albums. Uh, I think he's a really uh, fun kind of southern attitude um, counterpoint. And uh, as you know, as as a criminal defense attorney, I think about this song a lot. Stop <laughs> <Not> people. <laughs> About people uh, telling on themselves. And this is actually uh, for any legal scholars in the audience. This is back in the news. So, Will, did you hear about a bunch of uh, Young Thug and a bunch of his rap label getting arrested in Atlanta? No. So there's actually a fair amount of interesting case law around um, to what extent can like song lyrics be used as evidence. Oh, yeah. Be interpreted as. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But. Um, there's a big racketeering case and uh, NPR has done some really good reporting on this if anyone's interested, but mafia based anti-racketeering law is again, after not being used for a while is being brought against uh, young thug and gunna in Atlanta, basically saying that um, their rap label is functioning for as a gang 
And so when other members of the rap label do criminal acts that like the heads, like the big stars of the label are um, responsible legally for the murders and all that. That's Um, that's interesting. I and a lot of people think it's a racist culture war bullshit. And uh, but if you're interested, there's uh, some interesting reporting about it going on because it's not the first time that these like anti-mafia organized crime laws have been used against a rap label to be like, oh, you're making all this violent music like you're functioning as a gang. And so when one rapper like kills someone or steals or like launders money, they try to hold um, not just like the label, but especially like the big star of the label kind of like a mafia boss in a way that doesn't really make any sense at all. But hmm. um, it's certainly interesting. But yes, generally, um, you are not arrested for things you claim to have done in a rap song. But like rap lyrics <laughs> will be introduced in that prosecutions and it'll be interesting to see what's done with them. Um, and yeah, let's finish off with Vomit Spit. Just a, a, a great... Um, I like it better than Cookies, the last track. I kind of wish... Um, it ended right on vomit spit, but uh, we'll we'll play it out. <laughs> it's the beat. You hear it in the sleep sometimes. Blare it in your jeep so your peoples can stare at them rhymes. Real rhymes, not your everyday hologram. Even when ribs was touching, never swallowed the ham. You'd rather eat a sand sandwich salad It might need salt like a man's bland ballad A lot of stuff happens that the news won't tell you Blues on L juice, snooze all hell loose Break it, take it like the good, the bad, the ugly Break it rolling through your hood in the caddy buggy Butter softy, leather, flossy, fatty, juggy Always threw me off when she told me daddy funk me oh, Just, I mean, the beat is I love the beat on that song so much This weird little, like Twinkling, whatever's uh, synth sounds, Doom is found, electric piano, and um, the laugh going in. It's 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 kind of an iconic. Like, if I had to show someone one song to be like, oh, who's MF Doom? Like, I think this would be a good contender for for giving you the idea. Always threw me off when she told me, "Daddy, funk me." <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, anything else you wanted to highlight, Will, on the album? Or? Um, I did. I did like Cookies. If it's one, okay, of the, yeah, let's, like let's, a, let's it's more like cookies, faster, yeah. right? Kind of like yeah, a, like a, let's, uh, let's hit Cookies a little bit. She wondered where her egg went. I need an L. It's hard to drink without it. Anchor you some cookies, but try not to think about it. Watch a bet on jazz for knowledge on file. Every other commercial, college holes going wild. Soft batch. I prefer the other bunch, like we got for lunch. Chocolate fudge, butter crunch. Don't mess with the Ritz bits, wheat thins, saltines, or triscuits. Matzos or cheese its Catch sugar fits every time that he sees. Chips ahoy, double chocolate chunk. Something with the bubble and the junk in the trunk. Even the Oreos, no matter what weather. Yeah, it, it's, it's faster. It's definitely more driving. Uh, he's got a lot of energy on it, and he names a lot of uh, Girl Scout cookies, which I really enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just sounds like a bit of a different, like, it's. I, I like hearing something that's a little bit less like kind of laid back from him yeah, a little more yeah i um, just i just would have flipped it i just think vomit spit is such a good kind of yeah, like a good ending song track. To go. that makes sense oh gosh i was so uh what's that dinosaur junior album that i'm always so mad about um i think beyond, beyond. <laughs> yeah I, I think that's like i'm sure there's more categories of like albums ruined by not just uh ending <laughs> but uh <laughs> i think it, it, the, the vinyl just ends on we're not alone if if i'm remembering correctly yeah I um correct 
uh, one of my favorite guitar solos ever. I love it. So yeah, um, I think this is like M. Food is like a solid eight and a half, like strong, strong eight, light nine for me. Um, when I'm in the right mood for it, I think it hits it hits like a nine. Like there there are things I would change about it, but there are some days when I just want to like listen to a uh, concarne or just want to listen to beef rap. But sometimes uh, it really does uh, go down well to just play this most doomy up MF doom albums all the way through. <laughs> yeah. I, I like a lot of it. It, it is inconsistent to me uh, in a way that like the, they're kind of the, the top stuff that I've enjoyed from him. Like um, uh, King Ghidra or vaudeville villain have been a little more enjoyable. This to me, kind of is like it's an elevated version to me of like Doomsday, but it does still kind of like have the pieces of Doomsday that I'm not like as hyped up about. Um, so I think it's probably somewhere in like a seven-ish for me, uh, like maybe okay. like seven point five somewhere around there. Um, I like it, but it's not quite up to like the sort of the eight plus that um, that Ghidra and uh, and Vaudeville Villain are for me. Yeah, well. Uh, fun going through this with you. So next episode, we're going to tackle three. We're going to kind of speed things up a bit. We're going to get the mouse in the mask, which is his adult swim sanctioned collaboration with uh, CeeLo Green and Danger Doom. Uh, and then Born Like This and Unexpected Guests, which are his last kind of fully at the helm uh, solo albums. Um, Unexpected oh, Guests. There was another one very- after Born Like This. Unexpected guests also very hard to. That's another kind of only on YouTube uh, situation. So yeah, uh, Will, it's been a pleasure, and uh, listeners, thank you for hanging in with us. And as always, now you're what I call a nice ghost like a pot of gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I call fuck city not a bad bad. 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 b